Balancing Death Kirk is a weekly KeyForge podcast focused on competitive play. The podcast is hosted by Kita Mode and Kodamarin. The show is here for listeners to gain a better understanding of how to evaluate decks, how to evaluate their own board position, and how to anticipate opponents' decisions. Without further ado, here's this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of Bouncing Death Quark. I am Kira Mode. I am here with Kodamarin. How's it going? And today we're going to be talking about racing deck flavors that you can have to better your chances of winning at your local level and maybe even at higher levels at as well. So we've been t- doing a lot of talk about racing decks, how to build them, how to play them, how to think about them, and how to spice them up. But today we want to talk about matchups. We want to talk about when are racing decks more valuable, when do they bring the heat to the table, and when do you want to bench them? Uh, we want to talk about this on a local scale, as far as this is your weekly thing. Maybe you have a good idea of what your friends are playing. Maybe you've been seeing other decks get chains. Maybe you want to get some chains on this deck. When are you going to mm-hmm. have the best chances? And what tools do you need to bring? What flavors of the deck are you going to want to have uh, to have the best chance in these scenarios? All right, so the first matchup that we should talk about is the most obvious, the mirror match. Let's say you're going a racing deck versus racing deck. What are the cards you want inside of your deck? Real, real quick, we, we think that there are, are, are four real types of decks, uh, archetypes that you could be going up against generally before we get into the matchups. Um, there are racing decks because that's what we've been talking about. Um, there are board control decks. These are closer to the standard type of thing that we've been talking about, but these decks f- focus on making a big old board, reaping with it. They care about the delta. They're going to make a big play uh, by just having on on the board. There's the combo decks. These are your seed decks. These are big battle fleet decks. These are things with maybe a lot of buildup, a lot of archiving, and a lot of handcrafting. And then there's the amber control decks. These are the ones that are going to try to get you off of your amber. And we want to talk about how racing decks stack up against these and how you would best fight those four archetypes. Racing, board, combo, and amber. Yeah, so let's lead off with the racing deck match of the mirror. So in this scenario, neither player is really going to be caring too much about dealing with their opponent's board. Neither player is really going to care about building a board. And both players are going to come out of the out of the gate swinging. Both players are probably going to have cards like Speed Sigil and Soul Snatcher that are going to change the math and make this thing go super fast. And in this scenario, what you want more than anything else is Amber Control, right? You want it to be like the thing that you look for. So if you have like multiple decks that are racing decks and you're kind of thinking, okay, which one works best against racing decks, whichever one has the most amount of miasmas and doorsteps and things of that nature, that's what you want. Generally speaking, you're going to need to be one turn faster. You don't need to play the board game as much. You're probably going to be both actually building a board, weirdly enough, and reaping. And this is kind of another thing that's going to happen is in the matchup, you're going to say, wait a second, maybe I can play my deck as a control style. Maybe I can actually make an amber control deck out of this racing deck. Maybe that'll give me a better matchup. Uh, this is where the play style episode uh, really shines in saying, look, I have the same tools, but I can play them differently to get a better edge in a mirror. Yeah, and also to be fair, uh, so much of the racing deck mirror just comes down to hand streaming. It's like if I start off the game early with a bunch of four and five card hands and you start the game early with a bunch of two and three card hands, it's going to put me at a massive advantage and then you're going to have to 
you know, play a little bit more of the control style, try to slow this game down. You're going to have to become the control player in that scenario. But big picture, if you have the key control, you have a better chance to hedge on that scenario. If you're trying to hedge on the key control, though, if you draw it early, you don't want to play your board step. You actually might decide you need to hold it. Then mm -hmm. by not playing Amber plus cards, you look at cards plus board, you decide, oh, wait a second, I'm actually playing a control deck. I'm not streaming my hand. I'm holding my doorstep until I know the turn that I need it. And if you think three turns in, a, three turns in advance, you better be at 18 Amber before they are. And honestly, ideally in a racing deck matchup, you would still be the racing deck, right? You would still get off to an early lead, you're pumping out Amber, and you don't care about the key control. But oftentimes, these are going to be very close, and it's going to be who has that one extra Miasma, who has that key charge, who has just the way to stay one turn ahead of their opponent. And so when you're choosing between your decks, if you know you're up against other racing decks, you want to prioritize the racing decks that you own that have the most ways to keep people off of a key. Great. So, racing deck mirror matches, they're fun, they're fast, they're explosive. You get to finish your match fast, and you all get to have a snack. It's going to be fun. Yep. The board control matchups, those can be grindy, though. Those can be um, a little bit tougher uh, in that your deck is designed to go faster than them, but you have to make sure that they don't build up a delta freely. You're probably not going to be interacting with their board, but you want to make sure that they have to use their board to fight you instead of reap. You want to make sure that you have the tools to actually deal with their board in other ways, too. So the thing to remember about uh, board control decks is if they're focusing on the delta, they have more tools to build a delta over a long enough period of time they will have a delta that is big enough that they can start to leverage against you. Your hope is that they don't get there fast enough, right? That by the time they get to that point, the game is already lost. And so your best bet against these types of decks is not spot removal, it's not amber control, it is specifically big board wipes, right? So the racing decks that you have that have ways to just clear off entire boards and negate all of the effort that they made to build up their delta, that is your best play because you can build up an advantage they kind of neutralize the advantage to the point where their delta can start to get them ahead, and then you board wipe them, and they have to start all over, and that puts them so many turns behind. What's nice about playing a card like Gateway to Dis is obviously that you're going to get more value than they will. But um, the next turn, they're not going to be playing Amber. They're going to be playing guys to rebuild. Yeah, and, and that's really where you want. You want to slow them down, because where the racing deck versus the... Uh, board control deck where that falls apart is when the board control deck just has like four or five to a house by turn two that gets really dark for the racing deck because they just say i reap a bunch of times i reap a bunch of times i reap a bunch of times and like they just blow you out of the water but if it takes them seven eight turns to be able to build that board because you board wipe them back on turn four now you can build up an advantage that becomes insurmountable against them so, of course, you're going to get more value out of a card like Gateway to Disc, which wipes the whole board, and you don't care about your board. Simple. But there are other smaller things that are still important to have that get you just as much value. Cards like Lights Out, Nocturnal Maneuver, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Nature's Call, Lost in the Woods, things that get things off of the board, uh, regardless of damage or of protect or taunt, are really useful if things get captured against you. Cards like Sequus, less so against Churret because it'll be back in their hand and it'll capture it again. But these are good ways to get around having to deal damage. Sometimes you'll play Booby Trap, and I still love that card against a, a board control deck because it deals a bunch of damage. It won't kill fives. It won't kill protect or, or protectors. It won't kill through armor. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, the, there's a lot of really strong board control tools, even something like Blinding Light, which stuns guys that have an amber and get you your value. Yeah, in general, the board control decks are going to prioritize really big dudes and possibly even have shields. So having little derp cards like Twin Bolt Emission, Relentless Whispers, um, Cooperative Hunting, these are not the cards you want because these are the cards that they don't really do anything. They get you an amber and your opponent just sort of laughs at you. But like as Codameron said, if you have the cards that get them off regardless of what size they are, that's great. And of course, if you can have board wipes, even better. Right, just ways to clear them out and slow down their ability to get that delta while you yourself still pushing the envelope forward you can build a lead that they won't be able to catch up to and just remember that you're still trying to get to 18 faster than their delta can build up you need to mm -hmm. forge about a key and a half before they really get going and uh, board control is the way to stop that all right so now let's jump into the third deck type you need to worry about and this is combo decks so there are a number of combo decks in the in the meta we don't need to discuss every one of them i mean we'll discuss one which is maybe the most relevant one which is library seed plus uh, or sorry library access plus nefty seed and then you just go into key charge into uh some sometimes you shift. sprinkle a time traveler in there sometimes you sprinkle other things in there exactly yeah, library access is a, is a thing so against decks like this um most of the combo decks involve some level of artifacts right either they need a library of the damned to archive cards away or they need a nefting seed to you know be able to trigger a card two times um or maybe they have the the combo where it's like they have the uh, soul snatcher plus the auto cannon plus the bad penny right having artifact compods also exactly i'd call yeah. that combo so if if you're having a combo deck by and large they will usually depend on artifacts so any card that you have that can blow up artifacts, like get them out of there, or at the very least, put them back in hand, top of the deck, whatever, if you can mitigate their artifacts in any way, that is a really big benefit to you. That, that, that should be your primary goal. If that's what you expect to be playing against, you need to have artifact removal number one. Yeah, they're, again, they're not caring about their board, but weirdly, they're probably also not caring about the Amber game. So they have mm -hmm. to be caring about something. They're probably caring about artifacts, and cool guys like ganymede archivist but you might even be bigger than those guys you might have a, like a shula or something that 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 can just fight into those guys you might actually have a decent delta you might be able to race even faster but you have to worry about what hand they're crafting and what 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 they're building towards because they could blow you out at any moment yeah and so another thing that we would really like to have in a racing deck that is going up against a combo heavy meta is any way that you can interact with their hand we're talking control the weak restoring guntis scrambler storm uh imperial traitor uh what's it called deep psychic, probe psychic bug psychic bug yeah i mean I, anything that messes with their hand i love the hand peaks they're so good it lets you know not only what's coming but it tells you how much amber you need to reap up to so that you can shift away from being the racing deck you say okay i know i need to either kill the archivist or reap i can only reap up to seven do i need to reap up to six you play psychic bug you know their hand you see that they don't actually have any key control you can take a little bit of a step back become a little bit more of a composed deck fight a guy and that's where the the hand control really tells you what's going on and a lot of the reason why people like playing combo decks is they're very hard to interact with and so you might not be able to fully stop their combo but you don't have to i mean you're a racing deck after all you're still pumping out the amber but if you can just make their life a little bit harder like if i deep probe into logos 
right? I'm not going to be able to kill your library access reverse time combo, but I can potentially get two or three Logos bodies out of your hand. So it's going to take you time to recraft your hand to be able to rip off an infinite library access. And that might buy me enough time to win the game. Yeah, this is more of a comment against library access and uh, battle fleet combos in general because it uh, you need other Logos cards that aren't just the library access card itself to make the combo work. Uh, that's a, it's a good strategy against them in general. And hand control, a lot of it has an amber on it, which is, you know, helpful. And then also, I mean, maybe you control the weak, right? You might have your combo ready, and I say, you know what, I'm going to control you the weak into shadows. And shadows is normally scary, but it's not untamed, and it's not logos, which means <laughs> I'm not losing this turn, you know? Or I scrambler storm you, and that just buys me a turn. And in this sense, it's much like the key control that we talk about very much with racing decks you often just want to buy yourself a turn right buy yourself as many turns as you can and each of these ways that you can do to just give yourself one extra turn against these uh, combo decks will enable you to race past them no no i think it's backwards honestly i think that they want the extra turn if they get one more turn any one more turn they have could be the turn that you lose so i want to make sure that instead of reaping to 12 i reap to six and get my key for sure and however that happens, that's dependent on the matchup. Well, what I'm saying is that racing decks and combo decks, they operate on a very similar style, which is mm. like they are trying to get to their win condition as fast as possible. And oftentimes what that comes down to is, like in the racing deck mirror, it's key control. That's what buys you extra turns. In the combo matchup, it's disruption. Anything that can hold their combo off for a turn or two is what buys you the time to be able to forge your keys and on their end they're, they're trying to stop you too right it's not like the the combo deck's doing nothing mm -hmm. um they're probably trying to control your board as much as they can if they can keep you off keys they'll keep you off keys but they you're both line driving towards the finish lines they're just slightly different finish lines and if you're up against a lot of combo decks in your meta and you want to bring a racing deck bring the racing decks that have ways to just make their lives more difficult for crafting their hands for their combos right um and I think the, the point of they're always going to stop getting you off of your keys, that's still part of the game. The pyramid still applies for the most mm -hmm. part. And that brings us to the bad matchup, Amber Control. Yeah, so Amber Control decks are decks that we don't really see that often in the meta. Uh, they're kind of hard to find, and they're even harder to play. But this is your worst matchup as a racing deck, because these are the decks that they have Lash of Broken Dreams, they have Grabber Jammers, they have Mermooks, they have Ether Spiders, they have Doorsteps, right? They have, like, too much to protect, Principle, all of the nightmare cards that bring you back down on Amber, and all of, like, the incidental Amber losses that just can consistently get you off Amber every turn, these are your worst matchups. And dealing with this matchup requires the most cards to be able to deal with. So let's just run over a couple things you're going to need. Yeah, you need board control to get rid of grabber jammers and mermooks and sequences. You need uh, key charge to actually get your amber, you know, get value out of the race that you just ran. There's a lot of things you need. You need to know their deck. You need to know uh, how many tools they have to get you off the amber. If they, A lot of times I'll ask myself, okay, I remember their list. They're either going to play a Drumble or a Shuler. If they have the Shuler, then I need to be at 7. If they have the Drumble, I need to be at 6. And there's no good answer. Yeah, so if, if I'm playing a racing deck and I'm going against an Amber Control deck, my biggest priority is getting a Key Charge and a Chota for the simple reason of Amber Control decks are going to have Doorstep. They're going to have too much to protect. They're going to have Principle. 
and they're oftentimes going to just wait until you get a double digit amber before they destroy you with these cards. So being able to just escape that is a really big deal. That would be step one. Uh, step two would be, I mean, you can't have everything, but I would try to have more spot removal that isn't damage based. Much like we said in the board control episode, you don't want to have cards like Twin Bolt Emission. You want to have cards like, you know, Lost in the Woods or Nature's Call. I would lean towards these type of cards because if you can just get like the grabber jammers and the remoose off the table for a little bit, that goes a long way. Yeah, but I will say that damage-based removal goes a lot further in this matchup than the board control one. Yeah. You're not afraid of armor and Brobner guys. You're not afraid of big boys. You're afraid of Witch of the Eye. You're afraid of uh, Drumbles. You're afraid of little shadows creatures. So that poison wave is going to actually probably get you a lot of value. Yeah, so you can have a little bit more of that. I'd still lean more towards a non-damage phase, but, I mean, Kodamon's right. Like, oftentimes these Amber Control decks will have situations where it's like, oh, they have two Noddies and a Dodger. Like, this this is bad. Like, they could just immediately take three from me on Shadows, but they can also go Sanctum, and then they're like, oh, I Sequist to Reap to gain one, and then I Champion Tabris to take another one, and then I also have, like, uh, what's it called? Um, Terms of Redress. Like, they just have too many ways to mess with you, or, God forbid, they're playing Dis. And they just say, here, I'm going to lash. You go You go up to you, it costs you nine. And then I'll drumble you the next turn. Yeah, a lot of times I'll see players forego taking me off of the key and lash to make me forge for nine. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think that there is a time and place for both of those plays. Losing nine amber, yeah, I got a key, but that's a key and a half I paid for. it. That might not have been worth it. That might have been strong for the amber control player. So what, I need artifact control for this matchup too? I guess so, because lash exists. Yeah. <laughs> You need everything. And, I'm, and I mean, honestly, if we're, being, if we're being perfectly honest, like uh, a deck that can go fast, control the board, control artifacts, um, control hands, <laughs> a, like a deck that does everything and does it faster is the best deck in the format. Um, but that's kind of what you need against this matchup. And honestly, that brings us to the Vault Tour conversation. All this has been really uh, pointed at your local meta, your friends, you know kind of what's happening and no one's paying exorbitant amount of monies for a deck no one no one has the best deck people have good decks people have strong decks and unique decks at a vault tour you know you have to bring your best deck and is a racing deck the deck you want to bring to a vault tour i think it's a good option yeah i i would personally if i could craft a deck like if i could just go in a deck builder and pick every single card it would basically be a racing deck that can handle amber control decks and board control decks and combo decks and other racing decks um but ultimately you're gonna have to make concessions um i honestly think racing decks are really good choices for vault tours because amber control decks or at least good ones are really hard to find and again really hard to play and i would expect them to be a disproportionately low amount of the field and similarly i think a lot of board control decks would be low amount of the field i would expect most decks to be combo decks or racing decks you know so i would game plan against that and so i would personally bring like a racing deck that has some artifact control and also has some good key control that would maybe be the the choice if i'm kind of you know choosing which side of the fence to go on but yeah if you could have everything that would be the dream and i think i think just playing a racing deck you have a good chance of getting into the top 16 i think uh you would go fast and i think you put a lot of pressure on players and it would really weed out a lot of the players who don't know quite what to do in a, in a tough situation do i lash him do i take him off the amber with a jumble i don't know and uh, playing the racing deck puts a lot of pressure on an opponent and, you know, can get you can get you there. The last thing to note about racing decks is they can high roll. So even if you're up against a bad matchup, even if you're up against the Amber Control matchup, 
they might not find their pieces at the right time. That Lash might be in the bottom five cards of their deck. They might not find their Grabber Chambers. And it's very much possible that you just find all your Amber early and win anyways. Like, luck is a factor too. And remember, part of high rolling with a with an, with the racing deck is that you're playing Amber plus cards. You have to be playing all your cards to find as much as you can, to make as much Amber as you can. And you're asking them, do you have an answer? Okay, you do. Next turn, do you have the answer again? Is it in the same house? Am I going to start hurting your plays? It's going to put a lot of pressure on them, and you might be able to steal some games that way. Yeah, so this about wraps up our uh, racing deck series. You know, so it's a four-parter, but we feel pretty good about it. And uh, if you want to see us play, I mean, Kodamron has a YouTube channel. He's played a number of racing decks on there. In particular, he's played a lot of double speed sigil if you want to see how that <laughs> works and how it warps the game. So you can check him out on there. Uh, we have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. And we also have a Discord. Discord has become our best way uh, to communicate with people. So you can find our Discord link in our Facebook uh, group and give us a shout-out. Let us know what you think, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a bunch.